When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here with you, and I have a guest with me to talk a little more Kirk Cousins. I know we've uh, talked a few times about Kirk Cousins before, but we have not gotten yet the DC perspective. So joining me now is Grant Paulson, who is host of Grant and Danny on 106.7 The Fan in DC. Grant, how are you? Doing very well. How are you, Matt? Uh, doing great. I, I think I want to start with the reaction of Washington football fans with that, the trade of Alex Smith first, because that marked the official end of the Kirk Cousins era, but also traded for another quarterback who's never really gotten his team over the hump. So what, what was the, the general fan reaction to that move when it happened Super Bowl week? As is the case at the quarterback position with any move that doesn't result in a team landing Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> or Peyton Manning, it was controversial in that the Redskins made a move that they feel like allowed them to avoid getting back into the bucket of clubs looking for a quarterback. They wanted to be proactive. They didn't want to be chasing Kirk Cousins into free agency, and they didn't want to be trying to sit down in a seat when the music music stops for a guy like Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater or Case Keenum. So they felt like by trading for Alex Smith, who's made three Pro Bowls and was in the playoffs last year, and when he's been on good teams, has had success, they'd at least raise their floor and prohibit any chance of when Cousins left, which was inevitable, they felt like going into the offseason, bottoming out and going from a contender in that 7-9-9-7 and and mix every year, depending on injuries, to going 4-12 and and 5-11, and which was basically what this organization was doing before Cousins took over. Mm-hmm. The, uh, now, I think the biggest question from a lot of Vikings fans is, why would you move on from a quarterback who threw 4,000 yards three years in a row? Now, I've uh, done a lot of investigating myself and looked into uh, watch back last season, looked into the pro football focus numbers and all those different things. And uh, he's certainly not a perfect quarterback by any means, but you would think a franchise level quarterback. What do you think it was that was the, the top factor in Washington never really buying into him? Well, I think a few things. First of all, they're not moving on from Kirk Cousins because of on-the-field play. They don't feel like 
in going and getting Alex Smith or anybody else, they're going to make a substantial leap forward. Uh, I think the reason Kirk Cousins is not going to be a Redskin this coming season has way more to do with uh, his entire tenure here, starting with when he was drafted in 2012, three rounds after Robert Griffin. And there was kind of a divisive nature of the quarterback handling in the building where Mike and Kyle Shanahan really liked Cousins. And the owner at the time, Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, really liked Robert Griffin, who was in the midst of a terrific rookie season in 2012. I think for some time thereafter, there were hard feelings between Cousins and the highest ranking officials in the building after they fired Kyle Shanahan, who Cousins loved, and Mike Shanahan, who Cousins is still very close with. And so that relationship was rocky and tenuous. Uh, in the years since, as he took over as starter and played well, the relationship, specifically that of Cousins and Dan Snyder, really did improve. But the relationship between him and the team president, Dan, uh, Bruce Allen, ha has never been great. So that's number one. Number two, I think a reason why they moved on from him is there was a confluence of events that was a perfect storm, where in the final year of a rookie deal, he played great football. Mm -hmm. And it parlayed into the franchise tag for him. And in an unprecedented negotiation that spanned parts of three seasons, he ended up playing on two franchise tags and the price just wasn't right. The Redskins are not Minnesota where they are on the precipice of a Super Bowl, where they're on the verge of winning a title, where they feel like they are making one big signing of a passer away. They haven't knocked on the door in a long, long time. They haven't been to a conference title game since the early nineties. They've won one playoff game since uh, the nineties in the two thousands. And they just weren't going to justify paying close to $30 million for a quarterback who is good, but who is not necessarily elite, something that the Vikings feel like they can do because it might be enough to put them over the top. And I just think the organizations are in very different places. Well, I want to ask you about whether you think he can put a good team over the top, but let me go back to some of the clashing between Cousins and uh, the management. Now, was it not Allen who called him Kurt a bunch of times in the press conference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Not a bunch of times, Matt. I would say the entire time that he was the Redskins quarterback from <laughs> the first time he ever talked to him to the last time he mentioned him in a press conference. Uh, he uh, may have referred to him by his name correctly occasionally, but he majored in Kurt and minored in Kirk, which is his name. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's, that's a great way to put it. Uh, so it really seems like Kirk never felt like he was accepted by the team and then had a chip on his shoulder because of that. I mean, I, I, I seem to recall uh, that he also said something like, you like me now, directed at uh, the general manager at the time, Scott McLaughlin. I mean, it, it just seemed like Cousins wanted to be respected as the franchise quarterback, and that never really happened. Is that is that how you see it? Yeah, that's correct. I, I feel like toward the end of his tenure, he felt pretty respected as the numbers started to come up on their offers. But it was just too little too late at that point. I mean, he had already established himself as a multi-year Pro Bowl statistical passer in terms of the numbers he was putting up. And he did make a Pro Bowl at one point in time. He, he'd emerged as one of the, the five leading passers in franchise history in almost all of the major categories. So at that point, you can't really put the toothpaste back in the tube he saw when he was the backup to Robert Griffin and Dan Snyder was reportedly paying for Griffin's honeymoon and they were whining and dining him and flying him all over the place, how an owner treats a quarterback that they view as their guy. Mm -hmm. And the Redskins did not treat him that way or think of him that way. I think in 2015, when they went to Colt, uh, when they went to Kirk Cousins over Colt McCoy and Robert Griffin, 
in that moment, they basically felt like they were, if you've seen the movie Argo, just choosing the best of some really bad options. They didn't think for one second that Kirk Cousins was going to be all that good. And for that reason, there weren't necessarily people in the building other than Jay Gruden to some extent, and to a larger extent, Sean McVay, who's no longer with the team, now the coach of the Rams, who stood on the table for Cousins. It was just basically saying not Robert Griffin. If that's Colt McCoy, great. If that's Kirk Cousins, great, fine. But we got to move on from Griffin. And so he knew that. And I think that did frustrate him. And he did want to be somewhere where he was wanted for some time. That was the case. In the end, the Redskins came around on him, never to the point where they were going to pay him what the market was going to bear. And at that point, he was so close to free agency. Uh, and I think he started to think about the possibility of going somewhere and winning and starting over and starting fresh and having a chance to win a Super Bowl. And I think he asked himself, can I do that here? Where the Redskins have not been to a conference final, as I said, in two and a half decades and haven't really been close, frankly, to any sustained success. They're the only team in the NFC that has not won 11 games in the last 25 plus seasons of football. And I think he wanted a chance to handpick a place where he could go win. And he did that. So first of all, you are the first person ever that I have heard reference Argo in anything. I think it's, <laughs> I, I think that goes down as a forgettable Academy award winners. Doesn't it? I love Argo. Alan Arkin's my guy. It's a well-directed film by Ben Affleck. He's hit some home runs. He's got that. Uh, I think uh, the town is slept on. Gone Baby Gone is good. I, I think he's three for three in the batter's box. Okay. I, I would look at him more as like uh, maybe Chris Carter, uh, not the football player. <laughs> a lot the, of the, strikeouts, too. Yeah, some strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts. But when he hits it, he, he hits it pretty well. Um, I'll well, take that. All right. Uh, anyway, so uh, I could go a different direction with that. But let me go to instead the winning point about Cousins. He was asked yesterday in his press conference about his win-loss record. And you... Being a baseball guy, do not strike me as someone who focuses on QB wins as your way to analyze quarterbacks. But there are some things that have been pointed out to me about his play in the fourth quarter, his numbers, his play on third downs, and things like that. I mean, he's coming here to win and compete for a Super Bowl, but is this the caliber of quarterback that if you have to play Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game or Russell Wilson or Drew Brees that you could bet on, even if, if he's got the better team, but when you need him to step up in the biggest moments, it seems like that's a huge criticism from football fans there. Yeah, it is. I think it's an unfair criticism, as is typically the case with that critique. It was an unfair criticism of Tony Romo. Uh, it it mm -hmm. sells, right? It's an easy thing to say, and Skip Bayless can yell it, and everyone can get mad at him or agree with him, and Stephen A. Smith can say it very loudly. Uh, he, he's not clutch, though, whatever that means. You don't look at the games where he was. You look at the games where he wasn't in a game of failure, and that means that he isn't. You know, if you look back at last year in terms of fourth-quarter game-winning drives, I believe he finished second in the NFL, and that's that. Uh, and that isn't including a game where he marched the Redskins down the field against an unbeaten uh, Chiefs team at the time, a month or so into the season, mm -hmm. and threw a beautiful pass into the back of the end zone that was dropped by Josh Doxson for what would have been a game-winning touchdown. So that shows up in the end as a stalled drive and a lost game and a loss on his ledger where he played really well. There are plenty of games like that. Has he had moments where he has shrunk, where he's made a terrible pass, where he has failed? Yeah, absolutely. Week 17, the Redskins were playing a game to get into the playoffs in 2016 against the Giants. They had the ball last. He threw a game-ending interception, and it really stung. A lot of the people in the Redskins organization going into the offseason when they were determining whether or not to pay him and if he has several playoff games coming up in Minnesota, 
He'll win some of them. He'll lose some of them. That's generally how it goes. And I'm sure that columnists will make some type of big narrative to help whatever they want to write that day. But here's what I'll tell you about Kirk Cousins as a player, uh, as far as I'm concerned. If you look at the third down numbers, they're one of the best third down teams in the league. A couple of the last three years, this year was very different. Look at the fourth quarter numbers. They have had plenty of comebacks, 16-play drive against the Eagles going back to 2015. Uh, they've had opportunities where they got the ball back in low-scoring games against Seattle in Seattle this year when he had a head cold and made two deep throws to beat the Seahawks. Uh, those games exist, too. Well, we could rattle them off where they came back from down 24 against Tampa Bay, and they explode for 30 in the second half, and they have a game-winning drive in the, the final moments. Uh, he supposedly isn't clutch at the end of season except that they played a week 16 play-in game against the Eagles to win the division in 2015. And he threw for 360 yards and four touchdowns. And somehow that gets forgotten when people say that he's not clutch. I think he's a really good quarterback. He is somewhere between on a really good day, the, the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the league on a really bad day, probably the 12th to 14th best quarterback in the league. And in general, he's in that nine to, to 11 range, maybe something like that. Uh, is he worth being the highest paid quarterback of all time? If you, if you just rank greatness, no, not necessarily, but he parlayed this perfectly. It's, it's what the market dictates. My house isn't worth what I bought my house for. Hmm. Uh, you're paying for relevance. You're paying for a chance. He's going to give you that. And, and as far as can he win you a Super Bowl, can he get you over the top? But here's what I would say about that. I view quarterbacking, I guess, different than a lot of people. I don't do the wins and losses thing. It's a completely dependent position, three phases of the game. Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl champion who's a pretty good quarterback. He had the hottest stretch of his career at the perfect time when he won his first Super Bowl. Joe Flacco is not even a pretty good quarterback, in my opinion. He's an average quarterback. He's a Super Bowl champion and will ever forever go down as a clutch quarterback, though, because he had one of the best stretches of his career in the postseason. Cousins had a December in 2015, where if you go back and look at his four-game stretch, it was just astronomical statistically. Everything came easy. He was basically Steph Curry on a night where he can't miss for four straight games. If he has that stretch in the playoffs, he goes down as, as a legend and he wins the Super Bowl. That's what it's going to take. Him getting hot at the right time. He's a little bit streaky. He's good. He gives you a chance to win just about every game. And when he's hot, he locks in and he hit, throws strikes and he's going to go seven scoreless. And if he does that a few times in October – and you'll be celebrating them for a long, long time. It sounds a lot like the baseball theory of uh, hitting and pitching come together at the same time, right? That, right. You know, you're, you're, if you're hitting or if one or the other gets hot, then that can carry you through a stretch. But if you hit both on your, uh, your BABIPs and so forth at the same time, then uh, you're probably got a chance to make a run through the playoffs, even if you're not the best team. And we've seen that happen. Uh, Absolutely. And Matt, let me say this too. There, there are flaws. Look, I'm, I am a cousins supporter. I, I started beating the drum for him when Griffin was still playing years ago and, and have thought very highly of him for a long time. You ask people around town, I probably one of the more adamant backers about getting a deal done with him up until the last year where the money got out of whack as anybody, but there are flaws here. Realistically, this is a guy who, up until this past year, really was too robotic, did not uh, go off schedule enough, mm -hmm. didn't create plays off script, things that Case Keenum, as an example, did really well at times for Minnesota. He really improved in that area, but he continues to have to. I mean, he, he is lower half in the league in terms of how often you pull the ball down and scramble, how often you go off schedule. Will he continue to improve like he did last year? That's a big key. Uh, he's cut down considerably on his interceptions. 
but there's going to be a boneheaded kind of backbreaking pick from time to time. I think that's just the position. I don't think he's necessarily prone to that anymore. I think that's a little bit overstated. But this is not Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. And if Vikings fans think that they are getting some magic wand waving quarterback who's going to come in here and you're going 15 and one and win it all next year, that is not the case. He is a lot closer to you know, some of the guys that have been there recently than he is to an Aaron Rodgers. I think he's better than those other options, which is why they paid him. And I think he's going to give them a chance to win a title. Well, one of the ways that uh, I've started looking at it is what Kirk Cousins does is guarantees that at worst they get similar quarterback play to what they got from Case Keenum last year. And Keenum last year just had everything go his way. I mean, that was talk about white hot luck. Uh, I mean, even the head coach is mentioning how lucky he's getting in, in post game press conferences and things like that. And uh, you saw in the game uh, against Washington some of the shortcomings with a couple of bad picks that almost opened the door for a comeback there. So I think the Vikings looked at him and said, "Yeah, you had a great season to lead us to thirteen and three, but we think you're actually going to get worse." Where Cousins at his worst is probably Keenum at his best, if that makes sense. Uh, let me I ask think you. that's smart, and I think that's correct. And I think you're betting on the fact, by the way, that Cousins has gotten a little bit better every single year, mm-hmm. which I really believe. The numbers will not show that. So if you just look at NFL.com, you're not going to necessarily see that there's growth. But in year one, basically at the midway point, he had struggled off and on, and he got really hot in the second half of 2015 to get those numbers. Mm-hmm. Year two, he threw for almost 5,000 yards. A lot of things came easier, though, because he had Deshaun Jackson, the best deep threat in the game, and Pierre Garçon, one of the better possession receivers in the game underneath. Last year, he lost two 1,000-yard receivers. He lost his best weapon, his tight end, Jordan Reed, early in the year, inconsistent all season long when he did play. He had a great running back catching the ball to the backfield who went down around midway through the year and Chris Thompson, and he was chucking the ball to wide receivers who aren't difference-making players. He was throwing the backup tight ends, backup running backs, and doing more, and more was on his plate, more was asked of him, and I think that was indicative for the first time of, wow, maybe this guy can elevate the player players around him, and he's not just another guy that needs people around him to make him look good. Well, so let me, because that's been, that has definitely been a, a criticism of him. Let me put it to you this way. So let's say that the Vikings succeed and reach the Super Bowl, win or lose, I don't know. But I mean, if they reach the Super Bowl, that's kind of where the expectation has been set when you spend more money than anybody else and you were in the NFC title game last year. What will have had to go right for Kirk Cousins or what will he have done well if they reach what their ultimate goal is? I think the answer to that question lies more in the team around him than him. Mm-hmm. I think the way that he played in Washington was a level that is satisfactory enough to have the type of success necessary position to get to and win in the playoffs. That would mean that their defense remains as dominant at times and as productive as it has been the last couple of years. It will mean that their supporting cast was healthy enough with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook coming back to make plays around him. I think that it would just mean that the team was really good and, and he didn't crash the car into a guardrail. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but specific to him, I think it will mean he avoided the big turnover, yeah. so particularly in games where they've got leads and he's got to protect them. He's going from being in a position where the Redskins needed him to play really well and needed to throw it more downs than not. 
to win high-scoring games. And he's coming to an organization now where he's going to be able to hand the ball off and win a lot of 20-17, to 20-14 to 14 type games. Mm-hmm. That's not what he's been used to or that's not what he's been doing. So you got to reprogram and, and rewire your paradigm a little bit to ensure that you're not making the costly error. I don't need you to be Blake Bortles and go out there and, and refuse to, to do anything that even helps your team sometimes because mm-hmm. you don't want to make a mistake. But I think there's got to be a little bit more of a governor use, perhaps, in terms of some of the risks or chances you want to take, which I don't think is going to be a problem because, frankly, Jay Gruden wanted him to throw the ball up for grabs more often the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And fans here, if anything, sometimes got frustrated that he didn't take more risks. Uh, and he has become more risk-averse the last couple of seasons after throwing a lot of interceptions early in his career and being benched for it. Tell me if you also love this about football, that all of us can watch the same quarterback play and we can all look at all the same numbers and come away with different conclusions, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, isn't, yeah. isn't, that a, isn't that a great part about quarterbacks? It's why I love this quarterback draft class and, and all the things that have happened because, you know, there, there's a real wide range of opinions there. And that's, that's interesting that they want him to throw it up more when it seems like the interception numbers are something that get uh, criticized. He did say that he believes in Chuck and Duck when he's getting pressured. I, I don't know if people uh, liked hearing that yesterday, but um, great stuff, man. Uh, I, I just uh, just started following you on Twitter. If people want to follow you, it's uh, Grant Paulson, Grant H. Paulson, uh, P-A-U-L-S-E-N from uh, Grant and Danny show on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.